Welcome back to In The Loop, a WordPress agency podcast by Blackbird Digital. I'm Corey Hugert, and in this episode, Phil Hoyt and I interview Leslie Sim of Newsletter Glue. We talk about the journey from digital agency to WordPress plugin company and whether it's feasible to be both, Newsletter Glue's Gutenberg-based features, different plugin business models and how contributing factors in, and a new YouTube series called Glam That Plugin. If you have questions about WordPress website development, contributing, or anything else web-related that you'd like to hear us discuss, send an email to podcast at blackbird.digital. You can also find us on Twitter as in the loop underscore WP. Enjoy the show. Folks, welcome back, Phil. And uh, our special guest today is Leslie Sim of Newsletter Glue. Hello, welcome. Hello, thank you. Thank you it's, for having me. It's so nice to have you. Um, so uh, we should we should start with the you know the general stuff, right? Um, sort of how you you know tell tell us about yourself, how you got into using WordPress, and what you're doing with it now. Um, yeah, so I started using WordPress 2016. Um, I think I would, so that was when I, my very first um, attempt at running my own business. Um, I was doing like a digital marketing thing, agency, and I was also doing craft beer on the side. Like a friend and I were trying to like run or like open a craft beer brewery. Um, nice. And I was trying to do like the marketing side of things and like we needed a website and you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, I'm here now, which means the brewery didn't work out. Oh. Um, but um, yeah, we were, we were we were young and naive and, you know, didn't know <laughs> that brewery equals 99% logistics and 1% mm. fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, so digital marketing agency worked out and I was doing that for... Um, quite a few years and kind of like when we got when when we got like good at stuff um you know like we got more and more clients and there was more um responsibility and it I just kind of felt burnt out and tired and it was kind of at the point where I either have to commit to scaling a lot or cutting back um and I didn't want to scale because I just like didn't feel good about where we were. And so I kind of made this the decision to fire a bunch of clients um, and try my hand at building software, which I'd never done before. Mm. And, um, you know, since I was already doing stuff in the WordPress world and familiar with all of that, I was like, okay, you know, maybe I'll try a WordPress plugin. Um, and so I did a kind of unconventional thing. Um, I just kind of went on Indie Hackers and looked for people who were looking for co-founders. And that's how I found my co-founder. Um, hmm. He had built a plugin, a membership plugin, because um, that's his background. He He's like been building membership plugins for 10 years and like has been like behind some like of the really big ones and wanted to do it himself. Um, and then, you know, just like with my craft beer brewery, he found out that Plugins is like 1% coding and like 99% marketing and business. Um, <laughs> and um, and yeah, so like he needed help. And so like I came in um, and we kind of 
tried to get this membership plugin off the ground, but then it turns out that, you know, I I was still new to this and um, we hadn't done a lot of the groundwork that it takes to get a plugin off the ground um, and it wasn't differentiated enough either. Um, so, you know, why use us if you've been using Paid Memberships Pro for 10 years and are happy mm. with it, right? Like we'd have to be, you know, 10x better than Paid Memberships Pro for you to um, convert. And then likewise, yeah. like if you're just starting out, why would you use a new plugin? Like you use the established ones that, you know, everyone else already trusts and are talking about and recommending in um, you know, Facebook groups. So yeah, it was really, really hard to kind of get started. And so we were, you know, thinking about closing and, you know, going our separate ways, doing our own things. You know, I could have started the agency again. Um, but there was an add-on that we had built to the membership plugin that I personally used. It was a MailChimp add-on um, and it let me write newsletters um, from WordPress and send it out. Um, and I was like, you know, don't really care about the membership plugin that kind of failed and, you know, was sucky. But I was like kind of sad to lose that add-on because I used it. And mm. I knew that, you know, there wasn't something similar out there that I could just kind of replace um, when we closed down the membership plugin. And I was like, huh, maybe, you know, I, I, I would miss this. And I know there aren't any alternatives that are easy or like exactly the same. So maybe we could, you know, pivot and focus on that and make that like the plugin that we try to build and grow instead. Um, and so kind of we took all the mistakes and the learning and the not doing any marketing from day one stuff that we, you know, all those, all the bad stuff that we did with the membership plugin, we, we learned from it and we did it differently with the new setup plugin. And um, yeah, like from day one, things were very, very different. Um, we got a bunch of people interested. Um, we built a, wait, a waiting list, you know, like a um, bunch of testers, um, I got on calls with people, learned about what people wanted. Um, I built in public, which made a huge difference. Mm. Um, and and yeah, like I can't say you know I'm like swimming in money or anything right now, but like um, <laughs> the experience has been dramatically different from um, you know from like craft beer disaster <laughs> to like <laughs> decent digital marketing agency to membership plugin like kind of disaster. And so um, yeah, that's kind of. The long story. Um, <laughs> it's it's a beautiful yeah. it's a beautiful story. Honestly, I mean it's yeah. it's got the Thanks. you know it's got the the tragic components, of course, but like the phoenix rising from the <laughs> from the ashes, almost. Um, like you found you found this little you know incidental piece of something else that on the whole didn't work, but that piece you focused on that, and that became newsletter glue right that's right can i can i uh ask about uh you know so so in in the beginning of this right you you know you chose wordpress you know before before you got to this point way back in the beginning when you had to just you and a friend wanted to make beer and sell it um you decided to use wordpress for Right, like the what the digital presence and the marketing. What what was the decision making process there? Uh, pretty simple. It was the cheapest option. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it, it let us do what we needed to do for cheap slash free. Um, that's that's all we needed really. 
and you got to bootstrap something, right? Like, yeah, makes sense. Maybe for any listeners who don't know exactly what Newsletter Glue is, could you maybe like do an elevator pitch of what Newsletter Glue is, what it does, and yeah, why someone might use it? Yeah, um, I probably should have done that just now. But No worries. No, I think this is a great segue, like the story and right into it. So, And I'll actually even just add my little tidbit. I think your plugin is great. I don't use it personally because I don't have a need for it uh, in my personal life. But uh, I actually had built a much less elegant solution to this maybe like eight years ago in WordPress using like ACF fields. We had a whole bunch of clients who uh, were using Constant Contact and uh, MailChimp, and they were just literally duplicating templates every week and going into the HTML and they would email me and say, it's broken. It doesn't look right. And I'd go in and I'd have to re-indent everything to find out that they left out a end tag. So what <laughs> I ended up building was, um, you know, an, a custom post type that could generate, uh, uh, newsletters. And then they would select what posts they want and whether it's featured or not. And then it would kind of just spit out, html for them but it was not elegant at all it was just kind of a way to kind of solve this problem so um so yeah uh i would like to hear a lot more about newsletter glue and uh what can it do for everybody um yeah so kind of what you said phil is what we do uh newsletter glue lets you connect to a whole bunch of email service providers like uh mailchimp active campaign MailerLite, we, we connect to a dozen of them right now um, and let you, instead of writing your newsletters inside of those email service providers, you can write and build your entire newsletter in WordPress and send it out from WordPress as well. Um, and so we've you know, put in a lot of effort to making sure that everything that you build in WordPress, like it feels like you're just writing a blog post and then we kind of do the magic behind the scenes to convert all of that into email-ready HTML, which I'm sure, Phil, you know how like painful email HTML is. Um, For and, email clients specifically, yeah, right? Yeah. And so, like, I, I think, like, I want to say that we spend easily, like, 50% of our development time trying to make the email HTML good and, like, not, you know, like... Uh, not just not buggy, but also like really, really clean because with Gmail, for example, um, how like email size matters. So if it's like past a certain size, it gets cut off. And mm -hmm. so like you need your email HTML to be really clean so that you get as much of it in and like people's newsletters don't get cut off. Um, and so, you know, we are like having to do what, you know, like people always complain about page builder code being like, really messy and stuff and like you sure. don't really get penalized for it i guess like now you do because like um page speed matters mm -hmm. a lot more now and so like we kind of have the, that same problem like you get penalized for clunky code because it gets cut off um yeah. or like it you know doesn't load properly in outlook and stuff like that no um, yeah, so yeah i'm, I'm, that's what we I'm do. thinking exactly like you know we're, we develop here every day that's what our day-to-day -day jobs are is building websites and we're i'm thinking about you know iPad and phone and what, but you have to think about clients such as Outlook and Gmail oh, and all these things that have their own uh, little quirks that are probably way less documented than any browser out there. So uh, actually, I mean, just to get a little nerdy about it, do you know how how the testing goes in that, that kind of sphere? Uh, are there tools out there? I know we like, you know, there's browser stack and, you know, I just have a whole bunch of phones 
scattered around my house <laughs> that I have to go dig up and test my sites on. But yeah, how do how do y'all uh, test your clients? Um, I think maybe if we were like really big scale, we might have to do the phone thing as well. Um, but there are some pretty good um, testing software out there. So Litmus is a really popular one. Uh, email on Acid um, and Testy is a smaller one that we use. So we use like Litmus when we're trying to do something big and we want to make sure nothing breaks. But they're like maybe $200 a month or something. Um, so we like pay for a month and then we just you know, don't tell them. But like then yeah. you know, cancel it. And then we use like the cheaper one for like smaller sure. things. Um, mm. So so yeah, that's that's kind of how we do it. What uh what type of clients are using uh, newsletter glue right now? Like, wh- who do you see being your primary focus? Um, so publishers are our primary focus. Um, so I guess like the interesting or difficult thing about newsletters is that they are really easy to start, but really hard to continue with. Um, and so you know, someone who is just starting or has like you know written five newsletters is like not really a good customer for us. Um, in contrast, if you get like publishers or newsrooms or like no- local newsrooms, um, people like that or like uh, blogs, you know, who've written sure. for like ages and ages and then they've been sending their newsletters out for, you know, years and years and they like either have a team or they have like one person who's like, you know, I, you know, if I have to spend one more day writing like my email newsletter in MailChimp, I'm going to like, go crazy i'm gonna quit yeah. i'm gonna like throw my computer out the window like those are the people who appreciate us the most yeah. um and then we save them a lot of time and it's less painful and if they're already writing their blog post in wordpress like it's they're like already familiar with it um and just kind of doing the same thing with newsletters as well is pretty helpful for them it occurs to me that um you know so as an as, as a web agency we do a lot of work with local government clients Mm. um we have people like that as well yeah i could definitely see a fit there for you know write write your updates whatever they are in whatever format um but also there's all there's always you know the email newsletter as well that you can subscribe to so that makes that seems like a pretty good fit too yeah so like that way they don't have to especially like if they're already kind of familiar with if you've got like that, they usually have like that one marketing person who like is kind of doing it all. And then like mm-hmm. sometimes they remember to write the newsletter, you know? And then mm-hmm. so like it's easy for them to just kind of like write their blog post and then like hop over to newsletter glue and like either copy and paste or like in the same blog post, they can just send that out as a newsletter as well. Um, yeah. So it just, the the workflow just becomes significantly easier for them. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting that there's not in more integrated, especially with the REST API being what it is nowadays. But like, yeah, it, it, so many people are managing their content in WordPress, but there's no way to connect that easily to any of these other than your product <laughs> to to these um, uh, n- uh, newsletter uh, services. So it's yeah, like if you want the thumbnail from the post that you just did, you have to go and right click save as maybe resize yeah. it, upload it to, and yeah, you're, it seems like what you're doing here just kind of does that all for you. That's awesome. So newsletter glue, right? It utilizes yep. the Gutenberg editor, right? Um, yeah. th- does it, does it work if you're using classic editor? Um, it works, but it's, I would say it's like handicapped 
So we have like <laughs> yeah. a bunch of um, custom blocks that we've built. Um, and so like obviously you don't get the blocks if you're using a classic editor. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's pretty much it. You you can you can use it. It's just not yeah, like boring, not as fun. Um sure. less visual. <laughs> uh there was a there's a re recent um tweet that that I saw that that you put out about um you, know, you had uh, a screenshot of a customer's email to you just letting you know that they're moving away from using newsletter glue, not because of newsletter glue, right? But because they were just moving away from WordPress, right? They yep. said something about it being too complicated, right? These days. Um, and I'm assuming that's, they mean the Gutenberg editor. Yeah. Right. Like what else has changed that much in WordPress? <laughs> it's, it's the Gutenberg editor, right? So we obviously have some, some hurdles to overcome there. So it, is it a concern for you that, that you, kind of you hitched your business right to this ecosystem um and i'm i'm wondering if if like um for instance yoast right they recently uh what is it um they they now have a plugin shopify. or something for shopify yeah. right yeah. so like is there an opportunity to make your service here applicable to other ecosystems or is it are you strictly focused on wordpress um I guess, you know, with all complicated questions, the answer is it depends. Mm -hmm. um, and so in this case, it's, th there are a couple of questions in there, right? So like, am I concerned that I've hitched, you know, hitched my business to WordPress um, with Gutenberg and, you know, its popularity? Um, I guess it's, there's like advantages and disadvantages. And I'd say like, Right now, um, the way I see it, it's kind of neutral. So I, what what I mean by that is the like sure there are disadvantages in that you know it's confusing to use, and if you've only ever used the classic editor, moving to the block editor can be kind of frustrating. Um, moving to full site editing is like even worse. Um, you know, and you have all of those concerns, but at the same time. Um, what the WordPress ecosystem is huge. Um, I can't remember. I haven't looked at the stats lately, but there's probably something like I don't know, twenty million people who have who are using the block editor, um, or twenty million sites. I mean, or something. I'm making this number up, but I'm sure it's big. Um, don't worry, we and, won't fact check you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I think it's getting better and better. So. The way that I see it, it's less, you know, this thing sucks right now. <laughs> you know, I wish I was on Shopify instead. And it's more mm -hmm. like, um, I feel like I've, I'm have i on like the, I don't like the term bleeding edge because it, you know, but like, like I, I feel like I'm on the forefront of mm -hmm. like, sure. um, a, of a project that is moving forward. And it's going to get better. And, you know, I like the idea of being the established player when yeah. it becomes better. Heck yeah. Heck um, yeah. Yeah. Not to cut you off, but yeah, I do feel like you have an advantage. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this uh, because you're plugin seems to have started in Gutenberg, where it seems mm -hmm. like we have a split ecosystem right now um, in the theme world and the plugin world, where you have plugins who maybe 
don't plan on upgraded mm -hmm. they're, they're oh okay gosh. with being short codes or some other way of implementing their um you know front end stuff uh and then you have so we have a lot of plugins trying to play catch up and not a lot of plugins entering this space right now in Gutenberg yet just because it is so yeah again maybe using less than an ideal word but a little bit bleeding edge of uh, technology um yeah do you see yourself as, like you, you say you're on the forefront does is that I mean there's clearly a lot of advantages and disadvantages to that you know lack of uh, support and documentation and of course um and one of your replies to this tweet was realistically there is a, a seven to ten year hump that wordpress has to get over and then you mentioned easier full site editing and a modern admin and we actually just got a preview of what a modern admin could look like uh i don't know if you saw that post yep. come through through core and i'm sure you have because we're all pretty tied into this world <laughs> um can maybe uh get into a little bit like what you how you see that playing out over the next seven years and maybe there's a way to expedite that uh, hopefully so because <laughs> i mean i you know just have having been a developer you know it feels like this the last four years of it being developed have been um gruel grueling as a developer because yeah. it just things have changed and um you know especially if we're on the agency side and we're building websites for new clients we're building a new website every couple weeks you know every couple of months we're building a new we're starting a new project um and we're having to kind of like it feels like we're having to relearn every couple oh. of months uh how to do our job so um which isn't necessarily a terrible thing it's an exciting time but it's also definitely been um a struggle interesting so, times for sure yeah so <laughs> maybe you could uh detail us out what your ideal seven-year hump would look like <laughs> so. um i think yeah, the, the seven-year thing is just because, you know, it's open source, things take longer, you know, people want to discuss things. Um, there are no product managers. That's 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 something that, like, I kind of went down um, a mm. rabbit hole um, on for a while. Was I think it started from that tweet as well, actually. Um, I think one of the big problems is there's no, that is that there are no product managers on, like, WordPress or, like, on the Gutenberg project either. And I think that's like an issue. Like um, the thing that I like always bring up and I think people in automatic are sick of hearing me and other people saying it, but like, you know, how, what, what's the swear? Can we, can we like do hell? Like how the hell? Yeah, can of we, course you can. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. How, like how the hell does like dual tone get shit and not like uh -huh. other oh basic gosh. things? Like that's, <laughs> you're, you're triggering you know, me so hard. Yeah. Right. right? Now. See, like, <laughs> like, because I yeah. had the same thought and I've been I've been wanting to say this for so long, but it's like, yeah, how does something like Duotone, which seems like a pet project with inside of the, yeah. the core, and honestly, it feels like a trend of the time. Like, you know, this is a very trendy looking thing. It'll be dated in five years. Nobody will want a Duotone image. It'll be something else. And that's totally fine. But like, why is that in core and giving like, why and was not that like other basic stuff, right? anything anything more <laughs> yeah anything yes than duotone yes. like you know like we have, uh, we have, i'm uh, so sorry like you've yeah. definitely have pushed a button on me because yeah i was freaking out when that hit core like and then we literally had to, we're an agency we, we we build we build we build designed uh custom designed websites for clients we, we've had to turn off duotone on every single site we built you know what i mean yeah, like sure yeah it's just an extra step we have to take but 
All right. I'm so sorry to cut into <laughs> that, but yeah, no, like that really yeah, hit a chord with me. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, just to go back, like it doesn't feel like we have project managers. We, well, we don't have product managers and we don't have a realistic timeline. And we have a blueprint of where we're coming from with WordPress, but we don't have a blueprint of where we're going. Um, like I don't know if we'll ever get some of the features that already exist in WordPress in the newer version of WordPress. Like that's <laughs> like what you know, you look at the query block and you, we just don't know because nobody's answering these questions um, anywhere about like, will we ever get certain aspects of the WP query into the query block? So yeah, apologize yeah. for cutting you off there. <laughs> I'll let you pick that I, I feel, no, no, I feel your pain. Yeah, this is, ah, uh, yes. <laughs> just to flesh funny, out that, I, yep. oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I'm just going to say, like, the funny thing is that when you talk to the people who work on this, like, they get it, um, but they, they are, like, triggered, but, like, in the opposite way, because so many people have complained <laughs> about this to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, stop making poor decisions, sorry. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, but just, so just to flesh this out a little bit, you, so you, you put out a tweet that just, you, you're arguing for... Yeah, when you say product managers, can you can you get into more of what you mean by like wh how you see it organizationally working mm -hmm. and how it could be better that way? Um, I mean, I, I I don't think I'm in any position to kind of say how I think you know your opinion, WordPress your should opinion. run. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but like I mean, there there's so many volunteers now, which is really really cool. Um, the, just the other day, I kind of went onto the WordPress Slack for I don't know two minutes or something and saw someone like trying to volunteer to um, be a note taker for meetings and like for that to be their kind of contribution and people were like yeah some teams have like designated note takers and you can contribute in that way and other teams kind of just like you know YOLO it and um, <laughs> you know sometimes there's note sometimes there's not um, but like you know if you have like if you're at the granularity of note taker as contributor like surely you can have product managers, right? Um, and right now, and you know, I'm probably wrong and I'm probably kind of insulting and missing out a whole bunch of people, but the way it seems from the outside at least, it seems like, you know, there's three or five people in total who are kind of product managing the entire project. Um, you know, Anne McCarthy comes to mind, um, Matthias, I can't remember what his last name is, comes to mind. Ventura? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, a, a couple of them come to mind, right? And, like, the fact that they're managing, you know, the entire thing is yeah. bonkers, right? Like, that's, that just, you know, any any other, like, software that's not open source, like, that would just never happen. Um, and I think, like, underneath Matthias, there should be, like, 10 product managers, like, one for the admin, you know, one for this, one for that. Um, one for patterns, one for themes, you know, maybe five people yeah. for themes. I don't know. Um, no, I agree. But... I think we uh, as developers are always inside of the GitHub issues and just trying mm -hmm. to read what's going on. I, you know, I just kind of something that we've mentioned and something you kind of mentioned before about the discussions around features is it does seem like you have to write a disrotation to get anything into Gutenberg, uh, which definitely turns a lot of people away from even speaking up. Um, and even if they do, you know, they normally get some crazy long <laughs> rebuttal uh, on why that philosophy is the incorrect way of thinking or something like that. Um, but you do often see the same five names kind of on repeat inside of those GitHub issues. So um, 
it, it ha- and it seems like there's not a lot of consistency maybe even between some of those people and their philosophies and what they believe you know the direction wordpress should go or where they're getting their information you know i've definitely been i've you know raised issue and gotten responses that were different at different times um around the same issues um which definitely did not instill confidence in the project for my for myself as a developer who has to use it every day yeah i think another like kind of interesting thing is what I'm seeing with the other page builders, you know, Squarespace, Wix, even Webflow, like there are they are so much more plug and play than WordPress is. Like you actually have to know, like, you know, I know like we work in WordPress every day, but like I still remember the very first time I um bought and downloaded a plugin. Um I I was like what's this zip file? I opened it and I like was trying to find out like how do I like open the zip file to like click on something to install it and like sure. and like trying to like you know like and like realizing yeah. that I had to like put the entire zip file like into the sure. site somehow was just like what? You know? Yeah. Um, and so even that stuff like I think needs to be much simpler. And again, like it, it probably already sounds simple to, to you when I like talk about it but to and outsider, like it's that's not obvious at all. Um, and in contrast, when you use Squarespace, like not, none of these things are issues, right? Um, you know, or like even updates, um, just like things that again, like things that are obvious, like yeah, now are not obvious to beginners. And I think that's an issue because you know people, you know, the the whole like WordPress uh, market share number thing gets like thrown mm-hmm. around a lot, but like. Completely anecdotally, it seems to me at least like there aren't many young people coming into WordPress. And I think like this is the reason, like because uh, no code tools or like the other page builders are just so much more easier and intuitive to use. Um, yeah. You can learn, you know, Wix or whatever in, you know, two hours. But sure. in two hours time, like all you've done in WordPress is maybe figure <laughs> out how to put an image in or like. I mean, maybe in two hours, if you've not, if you're not tech savvy, you might finally have WordPress installed on a hosting. Yeah. Like you, you might've Googled enough things to figure out what hosting to go with, purchased it, and then found the button to install it, depending on who's, what host you went with. Um, and then that's just getting started. And we actually like, you know, this is something we've talked about a lot. Like we do come from at a perspective that we've been using WordPress for so long, but having used the full site editor recently, you know, making my own theme, unless you understand the theme hierarchy, I do not understand how a user could use the full site editor. Like it, you have to understand the structure of WordPress before you can use that tool currently. Um, and that it, it feels like we're so far away from, you know, maybe making a layman version of that, um, the the tutorial of that yeah Uh, on on the other hand right we are at least not you know we we are at least somewhere that is like moving in that direction at least right like yeah gutenberg the gutenberg project itself is an attempt to move in that direction as far as i can tell i also do feel like you know i mean disregard the fact that they don't have 15 plus years of like legacy (laughs) code that they have to deal with. Uh, I do feel like 
products like Webflow and Squarespace kind of get to jump the gun a little bit because they don't have to uh, play by the rules realistically. You know, we're, we're at least Gutenberg is trying their best to create blocks that are, um, you know, semantic and accessible yeah. and so many other things that these other companies are not even putting two cents into seemingly. Um, you know, they get to use a lot more technology to Move fast and break things. <laughs> yes so um you know yeah i guess just to play devil's advocate on myself <laughs> but, yeah yeah so i i saw that um you know speaking of all this complexity you, you launched i guess relatively recently as a sort of consultation service uh, for newsletter glue is that is that to help address these you know client concerns of gutenberg complexity or is it more broadly things like you're talking about which is marketing you know, getting and, wordpress yeah. going how to install the plugin that sort of thing um thankfully i haven't had anyone ask me like how do i install wordpress yet yeah. um <laughs> i mean not, most looking, of not looking forward to that, that. Forward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right um yeah so with with our consulting services it's mostly newsletter consulting so um, it's a combination of getting set up with newsletter glue and figuring out you know, the ideal workflow for someone who wants to publish, you know, their blog posts and the newsletters and like how you, how you would do that. Um, and like figuring out like what templates you should use. So like we, we built the templates for you as well. Um, and then if you have, you know, a team or if it's just yourself, like we train you in, in the workflow. Mm -hmm. um, and then also um, because I deal with newsletter writers, like every day, just as much as I deal with WordPress people every day. Um, so there are a whole bunch of just newsletter optimization type tips um, that I try to help people with, like kind of like give them a newsletter audit. Um, so whether that's their landing page and how to convert more, or if it's the newsletter itself and like how do you either like make a better newsletter, add better like wayfinding things, um, because like, with the newsletter, like once someone scrolls, it's like it's very like one column, right? So once they've scrolled down too deep, it's like easy to lose your way. And like, how do you add design elements and stuff like that to help them? Um, you know, all, all of that like little stuff mm -hmm. which um adds up and kind of incrementally makes can make your newsletter a lot better, um, and a lot more like higher converting, better branding, better click-through rate, all that kind of stuff. Um yeah, so that's kind of what the consulting service is. It's, it's interesting. It's, it sounds a lot like what we sort of do on the, the front end of a site, but it's just, you know, take that and, and apply it to an email. Yeah, more or less. exactly. Yeah. So um, kind of taking things back to that transition that you went through between, you know, from, from an agency, from a digital agency to uh you know focusing on on plugins um do you do you do you believe that it's do you think that it's feasible for an agency right an established agency like blackbird for instance to develop a plugin or two and you know that be you know a kind of a split business model right do agency work and also do plugins that may or may you know I'm just, you know, could have a paid, you know, component to them or whatever. Um, yeah. So I talked a little bit about this um, in my word sesh talk. Mm -hmm. I think it's tricky. So 
the plugin business and agency business are completely different. Like when I went into the plugin different business, I was like, well, you know, I already know a little bit about business. I've like run an agency. It was like it was going pretty well when I um shut it down. Um, you know, I was like, yeah, I I can do this, right? Um, and then as it turns out, it, there was quite a bit of difference. Um, like even even I would say like just marketing is different. So. Like how you consider, like the the starting points are very different is what I would say. So, um, you know, with an agency, if you have five customers, you're doing like okay. If you have five hundred customers, you're doing like pretty damn well, right? <laughs> but with a plugin business, if you have five hundred customers, you are not really doing okay. You probably you know haven't even broken even yet, and so like the way that you would have to go about uh, marketing your customers, getting sales, and all of that is like completely different because the scale is so different. Um, you can't afford to put like one one thing that I until this day still ha- still kind of struggle with is like how much um, service to give each customer because like on one hand you know I've like been in the agency world for a long time like I worked um, before like the craft beer stuff and and I started working for myself I worked at um, ad agencies and so like I'm super used to you know calling up customers at 10 p.m. and like hand-holding them through stuff and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and you can't do that if you've got 500 customers right. as a baseline, right? Like you you want to get to 5 million customers and like, you know, you definitely can't do that for 5 million customers. <laughs> um, and so like just kind of like struggling with all of that has been tricky. Um, and like, pro- again, in like, like product prioritization is very different as well. Um, you know, like, you have to think about it at scale. You can't just like build something because one customer wants it, which is again something that I, you know, a trap that I fall into as well. Um, so yeah, I would say they're quite different. Um, I, I think I think there's definitely like an overlap. I think like the way that I did it was probably um, learn faster, but um, more risky in the sense that like I can you know focus on doing the plugin thing and not have to worry about the agency thing. But that also means. Um, my income goes down because I've like fired a whole bunch of my clients. Um, so I think like there's probably kind of a sweet spot where you can do agency stuff to get money and then at the same time like do the plugin stuff and then you have to kind of like then there'll be like an overlap as like you know maybe like the plugin business um, gets better and then you like maybe like switch over and then you like start focusing on the plugin stuff instead. Um, but like all of that is just really, really tricky and hard to manage. I don't think like either way is better. Like I don't think being half in and half out, like running the agency and doing the plug um a premium plugin is easy. I also don't think like shutting down the, the agency and then like just going all in from the plugin is easy either. So it's just like which <laughs> evil you want, I guess. Sure, right. I guess that there do seem to be some uh some agencies out there um that have plugins. But I, I'm I'm not gonna um, generalize that none of them have a paid component, but most of them seem to have, yeah, you know, just free plugins that they put on the repo that enhance their own, you know, their own agency's workflow. It, it was a need that they had yeah. that other other agencies have too. Um, but of course, that's not really a, a business model, or or maybe it is. I don't know. Just uh, maybe maybe you can consider that marketing, having a a free plugin. I, I'm not sure. Not sure how it works. We're still trying to sort that out ourselves, honestly. <laughs> how how do you guys go about it? 
We don't. We don't. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're, ask, we, we're asking because we're afraid. So, um, you know, it, it's something we've wanted to do and we talk about all the time, but it's been like so hard to split our time between client yeah. work um, and also just prioritizations within the business. You know, it's just like, um, you know, it, it's a big risk to like go out and spend a lot of time and effort and marketing and, you know, in, uh, and the ecosystem of WordPress is so large that it's we almost always like, oh, we have an idea and maybe that idea is a little bit better than maybe something that's already out there but um you know is that enough to sway mm. op a public opinion to purchase yours over something else so yeah uh, you know it's something hopefully we'll figure it out one day but yeah i think that's what we why we're asking you we were hoping you had all the answers for us <laughs> leslie come on. No, no, no. yeah so, so um, i would say like if i was running like a proper big agency so like i mean my agency was like me and a and you know a bunch of other people. I mean, we, we were never kind of like um, established. Um, but so if I was running a bigger agency, the way that I would do it is try to build the muscle of like shipping products, which is like I said, like a very different muscle. And so um, maybe for example, like one week's worth of time every quarter, um, mm -hmm. and like cumulatively one week, right? So like not you know not like whole agency shuts down for a week but like mm. cumulatively one week's worth of time like or like two person times one week you know something like that like some some uh, approximately that amount of time per quarter and like you kind of force force those two people to get something shit um <laughs> and like it can be shitty it can be embarrassing your colleagues will all laugh at you but like it has to be shipped. It has to be on the like WordPress repo at the end of the quarter. And sure. like kind of just building up that muscle, um, I think will make a big difference. So, and, um, and again, like, um, you know, I think spending too much time kind of being concerned about marketing and being concerned about like, will this work? Or like, you know, maybe we thought there was a market for it, but it turned out to be only five of our clients who like wanted it a lot, but like, you know, right. it's not 500 people. Or five thousand people, um, like I think that stuff kind of um, sorts itself out, or like becomes obvious once you actually ship stuff, and it's like you don't actually like, and I I can't really explain this well because like you won't actually feel how much you didn't know until like you actually do it, and then you're like, oh, I see how much like I was actually like overthinking this and like over intellectualizing this and like trying mm -hmm. to like be smart about it but like actually like I should have just been dumb about it and like shipped something <laughs> shitty and like put it out there yeah. um, and like yeah so like I think that feeling of having something out there and it's like not just you guys right it's like you, you need like even like junior people um, to like have this feeling and like once you build up that muscle then like a lot of other things kind of build upon that and like become either like more easy or more obvious or like at least you have the momentum, the shipping momentum. Um, and mm -hmm. that like kind of changes a lot of things and like makes a huge difference. Um, that's that's and, a really great way to yeah. put it. That, I think that, that makes me feel better for sure. So. <laughs> well, we haven't done anything yet, so don't, <laughs> don't get crazy. Yeah. Well, it makes me feel and, more confident that we could. So. Yeah, yeah that, like that you'd be surprised of... like how many people I've talked to and like told this to and then like they're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just don't do it and... Like sure. when they don't do it, I know that they'll never do it and they'll never yeah. be product people like because of that. 
um, the difference between a product person and an agency person is like whether they ship the shitty thing. And it's like, it sounds obvious, but it's really hard to do, especially at the start. I like the idea of, you know, it, it, not not thinking about putting out, you know, these plugins or whatever software as an agency as like a product immediately and more as building the muscle to, you know, be able to ship products. That that makes a lot more sense to me. Not Not worrying about that thing quite so much as it has to be a money maker immediately as long as you are not dedicating too much time to it where you're going to be losing money right that's what yep. you're saying like the small amount like you could kind of think about it as the sort of like the 80 20 but even way less than 20 yeah. potentially just to like make progress towards a thing and then you know like you i think you mentioned earlier with newsletter glue you said something about building it in public right mm -hmm. um so you know i i assume that means you know we if 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 we were able to put out a plugin and you could actually see if people were using it and find it useful and you build momentum that way which is you know suddenly people start asking for other features and you can yeah. sort of weigh where to go from there right i it's is that how it worked for for newsletter glue um, yeah, that's exactly right. And I would say like it's almost to the extent of like if you're building things without getting that um, response from customers, you're probably like heading into really dangerous territory. Um, so you're like, I'm like kind of always looking for that like, I don't want to, what, what would you call it? Like back and forth or like some kind of like you want to like hit up, like bump up against customers. To like know what they're thinking um, mm. every time. Engagement, I suppose. Some kind of feedback yeah, loop. Some, yeah. Yeah, yeah, some kind of feedback loop thingy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so like building public helps with that. Um, actually, so my experience with building public has been really different to what most people like talk about with building public, um, in the sense that I actually haven't found it that great for like building a massive audience and like selling to it. Um, in the way some people have I've mainly used it for like credibility and like trust building and like you know getting on podcasts like this um, and yeah so like kind of building a reputation amongst like hardcore WordPress people who in turn share their audiences with me mm. I would say mm. is kind of how I've been able to leverage or get benefit out of building in public um, and also like just kind of getting to talk to like hardcore wordpress people and hearing their opinions on like my fledgling baby wordpress <laughs> plugin business um yeah because like the number of people that i've like gotten access to like you know like 10 years you know huge plugin owners like are willing to talk to me um, and it's like just from building in public like if i had just like pinged them randomly they probably never even reply my email um and so like that has been the benefit and not so much selling i don't know yeah makes sense now it is it, as far as i can tell and maybe there's more of a spectrum to this but there mm -hmm. seem to be kind of maybe th two or two to three ish general approaches for um you know wordpress plugin business models kind of things yep. um so like you know you, you have your free plug free plugin on the repo with like a premium upsell with some kind of key that you have to enter or something like that then you have 
uh, free plugin with paid add-ons, seemingly, or maybe maybe it's a combination of both those two. And then, um, and then of course, there's your just paid-only plugins. There, they don't have a, um, you know, they're not on the repo. You have to find them elsewhere. So, where does newsletter glue fall in in you know that kind of spectrum? And uh, can you explain a little bit of the reasoning behind how you chose that route? Um, so we haven't. I would say that we are not fixed on where we want to be yet. And I say this like with the context that Yoast, which has been around for a million years, like really recently, like maybe like twenty twenty or something, changed their model as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm saying that because like business models like change a lot also with the market and what people like the buyer's journey and like you know all of that stuff and sometimes like you paint yourself in the corner and you're like oh crap and then you have to like you know <laughs> i don't know what to, what to do in pain. like climb out a window sure. um <laughs> well we've seen that a lot yeah. just you know i mean think think like advanced custom fields and like in the last yeah, couple exactly. of years went to um yeah went to a subscription Delicious model or whatever and- yeah. Yeah. And then of course the yeah, then acquisition acquired well, then thing. Yeah. And acquired over an acquired. Is that a business yeah. model being acquired? <laughs> yeah, so like they, so so they went to subscription and then they had to like honor all the uh what was it? Like um Yeah, the, the one, lifetime one licenses, time, which lifetime, of course yeah. we have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um so there's like all of that stuff and there's no like the only way that you know what works best for your business is by doing it and making the mistake and like you know, being publicly shamed and embarrassed. That's, um, that's scary. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Um, and like, I, th- I think, so like, I I kind of fell for the trap also in the sense that I tried to over-intellectualize all of this stuff and I tried to like, you know, make sure that I chose the perfect business model. Um, mm. And I think I've changed it twice now and I'm like looking to change it again a third time. Um, and I, and I kind of now, now I just kind of accept that it's just going to, you know, that's just the way it is. Um, there are some like very obvious things that, you know, people now kind of accept, uh, you know, just don't do it full stop. Um, so like lifetime licenses, I think people are generally just like, you know, don't do it full stop unless you absolutely need the money right away. Um, yeah. But like, aside from that, I think, you know, so with us, we are pure premium right now we have a plugin on the repo that we haven't updated in a year um and so like you know as you can imagine like installs are dead um and like that's fine and that, that was a decision that, that i made because like right at the beginning we were like okay we'll do we'll do premium and we'll have a plugin mm-hmm. on the repo um and then we can upgrade um and then i like it, we hadn't even gotten that many users but i was like you know on principle i don't want to be a plugin with like a hundred thousand free users and like a hundred paid users and sure. you know i didn't want to like deal with support because at the time i found like support really stressful because again i was coming from an agency background and i felt like i had to like help every single customer completely and you know all of mm-hmm. that stuff and so dealing with support was really stressful for me um and so i was like okay no if we're going to do support and we're going to do it at a high level and you know i want to provide a good experience for people then we're just going to go paid only and then we kind of abandoned our free plugin and then now i'm like thinking maybe we should go back to our free plugin because the free plugin like gives so many benefits right like wordpress.org mm-hmm. is um you know where people go to find plugins right if i was looking you don't you can't really search like for plugins without like any like 
even like moderately experienced WordPress users sure. just going to go to the repo and like search for a new plugin. And so if you're not there or if, you know, in my case, we're there, but like are showing a shitty plugin that hasn't been updated for a year that like <laughs> damages our reputation. And so, you know, all of this stuff like come into play. Um, and so again, like if, if I were in your shoes, um, I'd say like, just don't worry about it. Like assume that you've painted yourself and you will paint yourself into a corner at some point <laughs> and like make sure you've left yourself some windows and like climb out of them and just accept that, you know, <laughs> that's going to happen. Uh. Well, I am glad that I'm just a developer and not, <laughs> not here uh, on the business side, honestly. <laughs> oh, man. So um, we, we mentioned, uh, actually, uh, we mentioned acquisitions. And we got to talk about acquisitions, of course, since this is a WordPress podcast. <laughs> um, is, is the potential to be acquired uh, mm -hmm. a, a good enough reason to focus on, like, plugin development versus versus agency work i don't know oh maybe that's a dumb question but <laughs> uh i would say that that's not a good reason um just because the work is so different the skill set is are so different so i'd say the main reason to do a plugin business is because you like that kind of work yeah so like that that would be the number one consideration i think I think it would be interesting. Like, I think if someone like tried to build a plugin business and they're just like, you know, I'm going to build five plugins every year and I'm going to like sell two every other year or something like that. Like that would be a really interesting business, I think. <laughs> um, I don't think it would make sense to be like, I'm going to build a plugin, get, you know, I don't know, a million users or something and like try to sell to Automatic or WP Engine or something like that. Um, just because it's a low it's a it's a risky thing to bet like that um it's mm -hmm. hard to make a plugin business successful um and so if that's like the main goal then if you don't even enjoy the work it's 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 going to be hard to succeed um i think it's yeah. much easier to succeed as an agency um again just because like you can you can you can succeed with five clients, right? You you won't be a big agency, but like, you know, you can you can actually have a good business for yourself as a freelancer or like a small agency with five clients. Um, and so like, if your goal is just to, to like make a happy living for yourself, then like agency life is way easier. Fair enough. So there's um there's maybe an elephant in the room because this happened this happened pretty recently. Um, <laughs> we got to talk about You're the WordPress drama too, right? <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, okay. So let, let me, let me, let me put this a different way. So a, a, as agency employees, right? So we're just, we're developers here at an agency and we're not, we're not strictly involved in, you know, the business decisions, right? But mm -hmm. as, you know, WordPress developers, we're also interested, you know, somewhat in the, community and the open source aspect of it probably what brought us into being a developer for wordpress in the first place a lot of times right um and you know we're often attempting at least in small ways to contribute back right um mostly mostly to make our work easier usually because <laughs> we've run into an issue right and we see if maybe we can try to contribute a fix or or documentation thing or whatever um but it's easy to see that a business owner, right, would probably have different priorities. 
um potentially and there was some recent drama um about a a large company perhaps not giving back as much to the open source project as some think that they should um i think there's probably uh orders of magnitude at play here right of course but um as a, as a small business owner i i just was looking to get your take on this situation <laughs> that the wordpress community finds itself in oh. is this is this where we want to go um. <laughs> we, don't have to. we definitely don't have to yeah, yeah. well okay um, let, let's let's bring it back down then to to just just you know at, at newsletter glue like yeah you know as part of this wordpress you know community the the sort of open source aspect of wordpress itself what are there things that you try to do in the wordpress i mean obviously you're talking to us you're talking to podcasts you're going speaking at word sesh stuff like that which i think is part of giving back to the community right um i don't know if there was any other sort of things that you guys were doing or if it was mostly that aspect um Wait, so you're asking what kind of stuff or like what ways a person can give yeah. back to the community and like how we're currently doing it? Sure, um, yeah. That's an easier question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> less incendiary. Um, yeah, for sure. So, okay. So I think the most, the most important way um, that a person can give back is to go and test Gutenberg, like full site editing or like the block editor or any of that. Um, there are so many calls, and the first time I did it, I was like horrified to learn that a typical call for testing um, for the most used CMS in the world gets five to ten people testing it. Then you wonder, like, why was Duotone shipped, right? Like, if a hundred people <laughs> tested it, and like a hundred of them were like, what the hell is this? Like, why is this here? Why is, you know, XYZ sure. not here instead? Like, um, you know, so I think the, yeah, so like that would be my number one thing. Like everyone should just go test. And again, like they make it so easy. Um, you can find, you just like, like wherever you are, like if you, if you are hang out on Twitter a lot and you like, just like search the term like FSE testing, like, there's going to be a call for testing and you can like, click on the link. If you're on a Facebook group, you can search FSE testing again. Like Anywhere you go, there's probably going to be something about that that you can find somewhere. It's probably going to be pretty easy to click on it. Um, and like all the people that I've interacted with um, around this whole thing like have been you know, like, super eager, like off their chair, like on the edge of their seat, like really enthusiastic, like want to help you get set up and like help you test, like help you do what you need to do to test um, Gutenberg. And so like my ideal, my ideal situation is when they have like so many people that they're like not eager, right? They're like, oh my God, you know, too many people just like <laughs> sure. back of the queue. Right? That That's uh -huh. like, I mean, that's what it should be considering, you know, whatever million, hundreds of million people use, use WordPress. Right. But it's like horrifying that like five people are testing it and like, off of five people are test like off of these five people why, the whole thing is getting shipped, why do you, you think know? that is like how do we solve like the marketing aspect of that like why like because yeah again i only ever see calls for tests like when i happen to see one random person on twitter their you know their yeah. third retweet down and like i just don't yeah. understand 
how that is the case with such a popular popular CMS. Um, I think testing started fairly recently, actually. Um, okay. I think like it started. I think like Anne was the first who started, and like she only start, started doing this job like I want to say twenty twenty one maybe or twenty twenty, something like that. And so it's like this like this whole thing is fairly new. Um, Fair. And yeah, so they're like they've been like hiring people for for this automatic, um, and they're like yeah they're like building foundations and getting better at it. Um, like I I think they should make it even easier still, um, but like you know maybe they just have a permanent like you know how they have like the block editor and you can go in and like test things like or like, yeah. mess around like maybe they should do it like yeah, that level demo right site. sure yeah. Like, you know, click record and then like you just go in and break things um, and then they have the recording, right? Like, maybe yeah. that, they should do it like that. Um, so I, I I don't know, like, how they can make it easier, but those are, you know, ways that I, I can think to make it easier. Um, and I hope they're getting there. But yeah, in cool. the meantime, yeah. you know, anytime someone wants to um, volunteer in any way, like, they don't have to be a note taker. They can do <laughs> testing. Yeah, right. I mean, like, there's got to be a good, a, a pretty decent business reason to, to, to do that too, right? Like, I, I'm saying there, there, there is, right? Because you, you're getting ahead of features coming down the, the pipeline. You're able to, you know, kind of give your say about how it works. You know, you might only be one person in a in a large pool. Probably not yet at this stage. You're one person. You know, you you might have a pretty outsized. Uh, you know, say in it at this stage, anyways. If there's only five people testing, um, <laughs> I think there are more now. But like at the start, sure, it was sure, like, right, yeah. But yeah, I think uh, like the fact yeah, that Anne already... still replies to my DMs is unacceptable. I want her to be so busy <laughs> that she like just never replies to me. <laughs> we'll let um, her know. We're gonna, we're gonna put a lot more work on her plate. We're gonna <laughs> put a call to action for everybody to be testing constantly. So right, I mean, we're we're already <laughs> as agency developers like a lot of the times installing the Gutenberg plugin, which I feel like is one step away, honestly, from, from testing. <laughs> we're just not giving mm -hmm. uh, the feedback directly. And in some instances, yeah. we're just, you know, I don't know, in Git issues or something like that. Yeah, but, I'm not, normally I'm not giving it directly. I'm just giving it passive aggressively via Twitter. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, but like, so, so like, I think that that's ideal, right? So like, there should be someone's job, like there should be another contributor whose job it is to collate like the passive aggressive tweets and like sure. put it somewhere <laughs> for people, right? Like, yeah, like you should reduce all the friction for the testers, and then like mm -hmm. you know have an intermediary. Have have a you know a Twitter marketing person reach out every time somebody says something negative, like inviting them to test a feature yeah. or something. Yeah, I like that a lot. Actually, yeah, Twitter. They, they immediately get a DM with a, "Well, here's where you can test." So, uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I bet you'd have a some like mildly successful Twitch stream where like all you do is Gutenberg testing. Like I bet people would tune into sure. that. Like I would, even with, I would like, be that. Yeah. I'd be that Twitch channel. That would be. <laughs> I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, watch watch this space, <laughs> folks, for, for yeah. Phil's new Twitch. Channel. I would. Yeah, that would be a, a swell time to be honest. Like, just I, it'd be awesome to even just have like version five open. You know, WordPress five when Gutenberg was introduced versus like the latest and greatest and compare and contrast and read the release notes along the way. 
and I'm I'm assuming you would see that it's not all it's not all bad. It's not all worth complaining. No. I mean, some things are worth complaining about, but not all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, again, I think going back to what we said earlier, it's a very exciting times to be inside of the WordPress uh, ecosystem, in my opinion. Just want to say that I objectively prefer like the block editor to the classic sure. editor. Like, yeah, block editor is great. We wouldn't be able to build the websites that we're being asked to build nowadays as easily um, if we still had to do it in the previous you know generations of wordpress so you know could we yes but it would it be as user-friendly no it, um, yeah so yeah and you and you couldn't have such good newsletters without without it at this point right I yeah mean, so let's completely switch gears here um i saw a recent announcement about a youtube uh channel uh so you're working on something um called glam that plugin right yeah can you tell us can you tell us about that? Um, so this is something that Matt Cromwell from GiveWP and I have been working on. Um, this is like 99% him. I'm just kind of along for the ride. Um, and the leech um, hang on to <laughs> all his like experience and glory and audience. Um, uh, yeah, so it's how do it's hard for me to like explain it because I really do feel like some kind of like inferiority complex around this whole thing. Oh, no. Um, oh, no, no. <laughs> so, okay. So basically what it is, is we um, help other plugin owners uh, improve like their uh, plugin readme. So like the, the uh, text and images that go on the WordPress repo um, repository. And also like help with their marketing website. So like take a look at their websites and like, you know, give uh, advice, uh, tips on how they can improve it. Um, yeah, that's kind of broadly what it is. Um, and it's, we, we haven't, we haven't started yet. We've kind of just been doing the building kind of the foundation, figuring out our workflows, um, getting people um, to sign up to get their plugin glammed. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think we we we're ready now. So like probably gonna record either this week or the next. Um, and then it should be live soon. Yeah. Awesome. We'll we'll make sure to drop a link to yeah. that uh, in the description here. So so you're so which one of you is gonna be the Gordon Ramsay in the <laughs> <laughs> You right, definitely, yeah. <laughs> I'll be watching. Um, yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt's too nice. I'm going to be like, this sucks, this sucks. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, aside from that, because we, uh, we're basically out of time here, so the final question, which is completely disregard everything we've talked about already to up to this point, tell us about you as a person and what you like to do and things that you do outside of WordPress and owning a business. Uh, I don't have a life. Oh, this is <laughs> no. Oh, this, <laughs> no, so this is a bad time because I, um, I just started doing pottery. Um, and I like typically use like one of my cups, but today I did not. So it would be cool to like show you one of my cups that I've made. Um, so pottery is the thing that I'm really into these days. Uh, I played ultimate frisbee for many many years. I'm like ninety nine percent retired, but still kind of have lots of friends <laughs> in the community and like get angsty about you know things that they do in the community all the time still um oh i, I read a lot of sci-fi yeah. um mm. 
Yeah. Um, Anything good really, recently? Oh, I. It's not a recent book, but I just finished uh, Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. I don't know if you guys mm. have read it already. Yep. I haven't yeah. read, but it's on my list. I'm actually getting through the the Earthsea uh, stuff Ooh, right now. So. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really into Becky Chambers. Um, she's probably like I, I I discovered her over COVID and like just like read everything and um. So if anyone has like Becky Chambers esque recommendations, I'd love to hear them. Um, yeah, I guess I guess that's it. I oh one other thing that um I'm like weirdly proud of. Um, so in Singapore we have this app that's kind of like Craigslist, um, but maybe maybe less stodgy. I don't know. Um, it's called Carousel. <laughs> um, sure. Like Carousel with like two L's at the end. Um, of course. And, yeah. So it's like a yeah. Of course, right? Um, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a marketplace. Um, you buy like secondhand stuff on it, and I like. Um, so like I've been buying a whole bunch of gym equipment. Um, so I've like set up a mini gym. Um, wow. In my face, and that's been really fun because like I've gotten so like what happened I think was at the start of COVID a bunch of like gym rats were like oh my god I have to like oh yeah build a Gotta home gym all this. yeah mm. and so they bought all the stuff and then like now that the gyms are open again they're like selling it all off and so mm-hmm. I started like buying all of their gear um, <laughs> and I've like built this home gym for myself and I'm like um, unreasonably <laughs> pleased by how cheap it's all been and like it's been fun working out every morning um with my cheap home gym gear. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Well uh thank you so much for uh coming on the show and, and talking with us about all of your amazing experience. Uh hopefully things that we can we can personally learn from here. Um it's that's it's been a complete pleasure. So thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to slip in here at the end. Uh, not really. Uh, if people want to find me on Twitter, they can. Um, I'm at Leslie underscore pizza, L-E-S-L-E-Y underscore pizza. Um, I tweet quite a lot about WordPress stuff and then also random life stuff. And then my plugin is newsletterglue.com. Um, and if you, yeah, if you want to like just chat about newsletters, or WordPress, like I'm easy to reach. You can DM me. Um, that's how I got on this podcast. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. All right. Thanks. And uh, talk to yeah. see you on Twitter. Thanks for having <laughs> me on. <laughs> see ya. That's all for this episode. Many thanks to Leslie for agreeing to chat with us out of the blue and talk business, which, frankly, the current hosts are not particularly knowledgeable about. Follow Leslie on Twitter at Leslie underscore pizza and Newsletter Glue at Newsletter Glue. Check the episode description for links to things we mentioned in the show. And if you're an agency interested in partnering with Newsletter Glue to help your clients make the best newsletter possible, check out their site and, in particular, the Implementation Services link. Join us next time for another dev chat where we'll be talking about an update to ACF blocks currently in beta that we're really impressed with. And as always, don't forget to send your questions, thoughts, and fan mail to podcast at blackbird.digital. 
You can also find us on the web at blackbird.digital slash podcast and on Twitter as in the loop underscore WP. If you're interested in having a WordPress website custom built, or you want to join a team that does that, head over to our site at blackbird.digital and drop us a line. Thanks for listening to In The Loop. See you next time.